people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want, want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. And today I'm graced by Angela Santi, who's joining us all the way from Bologna, Italy. An Italian by birth, cosmopolitan by vocation, Angela Santi is one of a kind boutique style leadership and lifestyle consultant for rebellious and ambitious elite entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives. With almost 30 years of business experience, 18 as an entrepreneur herself and a humanistic background, she has pioneered the Dolce Vita leadership and lifestyle mastery model, which we'll talk more about on this podcast, a lively tailor-made strategic approach to empowering her clients to thrive by living and leading the Dolce Vita way so they can smoothly grow their business, have a fantastic lifestyle and create organizational cultures that improve their employee lives and overall well-being. Well, welcome to the show, Angela. It's such, an, such a pleasure to have you. Hi, Shri. This is fantastic to be here. I'm so thrilled. You know, I've seen the movie uh, La Dolce Vita, which was set in Rome. It's one of um, an iconic films that every film student goes through. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also a part-time filmmaker. So that was one of my required watches. And so I'm intrigued on how that applies to, you know, leadership and other lifestyles, if you will. So can you talk to me a little bit about how does that translate to a leadership style? And that's what your focus is. Yes, sure. So um, this is an intuition that I had last year while well, during the pandemic. So um, I, the idea was, what if, you know, every, the word is trembling, the word is changing, people are resigning, there is a new, you know, I mean, it's like in the, it's like a war, everybody would kept saying it's like a war. And being Italian, I was like, oh, after the war, we had La Dolce Vita. So the Dolce Vita was the time when we rebuilt everything. So let me tell you a little bit about what La Dolce Vita exactly is and how it's spread for. So again, it's the title of that movie from Fellini where you see the people that are just enjoying themselves very lightheartedly and, uh, and they're just having fun. They wanted to, to live, to live after and have fun and stay together after those years that were so dark with the war. But basically, the Dolce Vita was the period when the time when all the Italians were rebuilding a nation from scratch. So all the businesses, the big businesses came and people, you know, were working very hard. But again, they also wanted to enjoy themselves. They got richer because, you know, like they were developing businesses and, you know, like trades and everything so that they could afford things that weren't a given, say, a dishwasher, a car, you know, and all that, that gave people more free time 
And this free time was for them to stay with friends, with family, etc. So I, you know, I was like, what if we are about to rewrite our future and we can decide what our future will be? We have to be as leaders, as leaders, we have to be the, the change makers. So if we apply the concept of la dolce vita, which is being committed, work hard when it comes to work hard, be resilient, face the chaos of life, you know, face the VUCA world, but also be able to have fun and to enjoy yourself when it, you know, it's the time to enjoy yourself and especially to give yourself permission, everything changes. So I have developed this methodology called the Vita, the Dolce Vita Sweet Life. Vita means life and Dolce means sweet. And Vita is an acronym for vitality, illumination, techniques, and assets that are four pillars that you have to have align and imbalance to yourself, your mission in life, your mission in business, and then you can have a La Dolce Vita. From there, you can bring La Dolce Vita into your organizations. So is this something that uh, you came up with on your own or was it inspired by some Italian style of management? Or where was the origin for all of this? Uh, it's, a, it's a mixture because um, more than Italian style of management, it's inspired by the Italian way of being and the Italian uh, cultural approach to things. Uh, in Italy, we don't have a strong management culture, meaning schools, etc. Yes, we do have, but they don't come, you know, from uh, far away. We are more inclined to be like human connectors, to treat our people as a family, to, you know, like to stay together, to talk, to respect people, to know our employees by name. And actually, I worked in my company, uh, my family company for almost 20 years and I was in charge of organizational culture and um, and uh, HR. So we had like 600 employees and I knew everyone by name. In Italy, we have a very strong culture with the unions. Unions are very strong. And in my company, the unions never enter because every person that was working with us was respected. And we also pioneered um, like uh, projects to make people feel at home when they were at work. And it was back in 1993. So when it wasn't, you know, like this employee experience, et cetera, was in fashion. So this is really a mixture from my, from the Italian culture, my experience as a business owner and a manager. And after that, I was, uh, I became a consultant. So I also saw other people businesses here and i saw that the most successful ones were those where people were respected where people were uh understood and everyone was in the right place when the right person is in the right place there is a dolce vita at work yeah 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 yeah, that's absolutely true you know the right person the right place you focus on their strength and not put them in a place where they're not you know, expected to be that good at and they end up not succeeding and then you blame that person, you know, that model doesn't work very well. 
Um, so talking about that VITA, the acronym, can you dwell a little bit more details into yes. what does VITA really stand for and, and what, how do they implement that yes. in the leadership style? Yes. So uh, first of all, I would like to say that it's very important that leaders understand that they have to be the first ones to embrace, embody, and implement the VITA acronym and not, you know, call uh, consultants to fix their team because the, the company culture, the company environment, everything depends on the leader, okay? And there must be a consistency. So now I explain what this uh, environment, what these um, four pillars are. So uh, V stands for vitality. So you as a leader must ensure that you have the right habits that keep you engaged, that keep you um, your brain um, power, that keep you vitality and energy. That means eat the right thing, exercise, go out, uh, take time for yourself and, and all these healthy habits. So illumination is the spiritual, is the mindset approach, is being in the flow, being in your zone of genius. Techniques are all systems and strategy and, you know, like the hard work ones and also, you know, like um, everything that helps you be very committed and work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And assets are your skills, your belief system, which sometimes is not an asset. And the most important asset is yourself. So you have to respect yourself and to priori prioritize yourself. So when you embody this as a leader and you will see transformation in your personal life, but also in the way you approach and you perform in business, because the more you prioritize yourself and the more these four dimensions are aligned and in balance, the more productive, the more focused, the better decisions you make, you know, because you take time off. And it also has to do with uh, the alternation of work, working and leisure, working and idleness even. So not doing, doing and not doing that comes from the Roman empire, uh, you know, like from the ancient Italian origins. Then only when you understand and embody this, you can understand that your people need it too. And people are asking for it because, you know, all those people that are now quite quitting, they're just asking for more time for themselves, a better life quality, etc. So it's not quitting. It's just asking what they need. And you have to understand to say yes. So then you can bring the model into your organizational culture. So then vitality is the organizational well-being. It's the emotional intelligence is keeping, you know, all the energy of your workplace high. Illumination is value, culture, self-motivated people, is trust. Because if you are trusted, you know, by your leader, you are self-motivated and you are enlightened. And it's also, as we were saying before, the right person in the right job, in the right place. Uh, Techniques are against strategies and systems, and it's also you know, like delegation, communication, um, you know, and all that, you know, like organizational strategies, et cetera, assets. It's, of course, your product, it's, but it's also your people and the culture. So 
again, if you don't understand and you don't embody this, you don't, you are not able to implement it. That's why I generally start with the leader and help the leader implement everything in the organization. Yeah, and that's a big ask uh, sometimes because you are, you know, if you are, especially in America, right? We are used to working really hard, very competitive. You know, there is no easy space to play in. And in general, you know, I think most Americans feel feel overworked uh, because of all the commitments they have at work and sometimes at home and all the other things that, that goes on. Um, I think during the pandemic, it was like a wake-up call for uh, at least, you know, people in the, in the U.S. And I think I see that across the board now, even in my teams uh, that, you know, we work in India and India also has has a very strong ha- hard work culture as well, uh, like many of the Asian countries there. And there's a little bit of acknowledgement that maybe, you know, that's not uh, how we want to work anymore. The Gen Z is basically revolting in some ways. And I think that's what you're talking about, right? To say that, yes. hey, there's more to work life than just, work, work, and more work. And also work only makes sense if it's meaningful to them and it gives them energy and it does not drain energy. Um, so is that what you are seeing as well, the, the shift in the, in, the, in the trend right now? Yes, precisely. I, I tell you that uh, the, the life quality has always been my, my uh, baker. But when I was working in my corporate, I was, I forgot this because I was so passionate, you know, that I was on the work, 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 you know, on the hustle mentality and I was missing so much. And then I had a wake up call. So when, during the pandemic, I was like, everybody seeing all the people resigning and everything. I was like, ah, finally, there is a huge wake up call. Um, this is very important because you brought about a, a very important theme, the generation gap. So I, I am an X-Gen, and I think that the X-Gen is the last generation that is willing to, um, to work, 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 and to sacrifice for work. Is the last generation that is, you know, like aiming at finding a place to work and spend all their life there. All the other generations are not. And I tell you, they are right. So... Uh, in in Italy, don't get me wrong, we're not only, you know, like from the, the movies, you know, the Italians are only playing mandolino and eating and doing nothing. No, the Italians are extremely hard workers. But when it comes to stop working and enjoying, they do that. So the the most workaholic Italian doesn't resemble the, the laziest American. So this is very important because I the pandemic also brought up the importance of life, the value of life. And the mentality that I'm trying to, uh, to, to get across you know, with people is we live, work to live, we don't live to work. And this doesn't mean that we're not committed. So let's stop measuring commitment by the time you, the hours that you are sitting at your desk. And by the way, Maybe you are not even working. You're just pretending to work. We've done this, everybody. So let's change the approach. And let's find a way where people can really meet the company objectives without sacrificing their way. And this is a way because the X-Gen and the, um, the Z-Gen 
as you said, is not willing to sacrifice their life anymore. And sooner or later, all these companies that don't listen to this, this needs, to these people, will not find talent anymore because right. they don't care. Yeah, and what's uh, interesting about it, it about now is that they have the power. The employees have the power, right? Yes. And Gen Z is, is and the millennials, to some extent, are leading the way and saying, you know, no more. If I don't find the right work culture, I'll quit. If I have a toxic manager, I'll quit. If I'm not in the right role, I'll quit. Uh, or if, or maybe I'll quite quit, which is basically like I'll be disengaged and I'll just show up at 8.30 and leave at 5 or whatever time it is. Um, and the organizations have very little option at this point because the talent pool has shrunk too. Uh, at least in the US, you know, several million people, I don't know the exact number, quit working completely. They are not coming back. They either retired early or decided that they just want to have one person in their family, adult work and stay home. Or maybe they want to pursue some other passion. Maybe they want to start a business or whatever that is. So they've lost, we've lost a ton of uh, talent uh, and available. So even with the recession in on our horizon, uh, we might be already in a recession. I don't, I don't know. You are, you know, there's a lot of debate about that. But uh, uh, I don't think that's going to solve the talent problem. You know, in the past, recessions would would solve the talent problem. It would give the power back to the employers. This time, it's not going to be. It's not going to be that. So if employers are thinking, hey, there is, there'll be a recession, I'll lay off a bunch of people. And then when the market goes up again, I'll try to hire other people back. No, you're not going to be able to do that. You know, if you're going to lay off people, maybe do it in the most humane way you can possibly do and not be doing it over email, which a lot of companies have done that. And obviously right. those things get amplified now because of social media as well. Um, I think we are in a, in a generational uh, trend of shrinking workforce. I, I don't think it's going to change this year, next year, maybe not for 10 years, maybe not, maybe uh, for a long time. And all this uh, promise of AI and automation replacing workers is not true either. We are augmenting work, but we are creating more jobs overall. We are creating more types of jobs and more you know, economic growth that's gonna still require skilled, skilled people to do. Maybe we don't need necessarily low skilled uh, you know, people anymore because I think that's actually a good thing because people want to do some meaningful work and not just be screwing bolts on a in a car, uh, mean, you know, uh, meaninglessly, if you will. So anyway, anyway, that's my thought process. And what do you? What is your opinion on on that? I totally agree with you, and I would like to say that yeah, this is a a reversible trend. Many like flexibility and or hybrid work or many measures that were uh adopted during the pandemic now are right and people the employees are asking for them and if the, there is not this kind of things that they want they want better uh trainings and you know like well-being things etc they quit and by the way there is it's very interesting i was reading an article on forbes about the hr uh team burnout so being in HR now is very, very, very frustrating because, well, first they were just doing their, well, they were key in the organization, always, always have been key in the organization, but they were never valued as such a key role. During the pandemic, they became the uh the mom they became you know like they had to 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 um to acquire many more roles even you know on the human side 
and also mediate between the, the management, you know, the, the higher management and, and the people. So now they are not finding people and the, the whole recruitment process sometimes um, is useless because you recruit, you do all the things. And then when the person doesn't find something that they don't find something that they don't like, they quit. So it's very difficult to find the right talent and it's very difficult to retain talent. So something has, has to be done. On the other side, I wanted to say that leaders and managers should be helped because those toxic people, maybe they're toxic because it's their mentality. Maybe they're toxic because there is such a social pressure on them because the people, you know, the, the, the higher uh, levels push them to get their results. So it's really something that has to be seen in a holistic way. Um, and then, yes, these younger generations are changing, are reshaping the workplace culture and are also reshaping the way we live. Because if I think about the, my generation, what we wanted, we want a house, we're to live with a family and to have certain experiences, but we want to have, you know, something burnt to stay there. Younger people don't care. Even the Italians, you know, like, like they live, all students live together. Maybe they want to become, you know, like to travel the world, to work remotely. So everything is changed. Needs are changed. So we have to change. Yes. And yes. and uh, make a move towards people, which is communicate with people and become Dolce Vita people, leaders, because you want to understand, really understand who are the people that are working with you and trying to find this sweet spot between the company objective and the people objective so that one can leverage the other and uh, and and fulfill each other's dream and vision yeah and i think so from what you know you're talking about with the dolce vita model of approach really needs to be embodied at the leadership level before it can be permeated uh, across the organization across all the levels below them. So that's yeah. essentially how it needs to work. And I completely agree, agree with that approach. So as you're looking at, uh, you know, looking forward, um, so how, how, how is it possible to be, you know, you said it's, you can be wildly successful with this. Uh, can you talk about a couple of examples where you've seen this, where you've implemented this and where there was a transformational change that resulted from this approach? Yeah, definitely. I, for instance, um, it comes to my mind one of my clients. So he, um, he, when he came to me, uh, as he was a, a high, he is a high achiever, very, very, very hard to himself. He was also very stressed with himself with his family and with the people that were working with him. So all the relationship were terrible and he was also very frustrated and uh he was working a lot but never um how can i say he was achieving results but in a very hard way at a very high price because again his family was almost hating him because he was coming home 
nervous, don't talk to anyone, like slam the door and everything. So like his wife was saying, okay, so I will go away if you continue like this. And this, of course, affected his um, performance at work because he had many things. So uh, he was also very controller. So micromanaging all the time, you know, never trusting people. I am the one who can do it very good, etc. So what we did, uh, and this is something that I always encourage my clients to do, is to, um, to do a quiz that I have created, which is similar to the Wheel of Life. It's the Wheel of La Dolce Vita. It's a very simple tool where you measure certain areas of your life and of your approach to life and to business and understand where you are. So from there, we found the point to leverage and we work on that. We also work very clearly on the four pillars. So on his vitality, on his mindset, on his finding some something that lighted him up because he, he didn't have a hobby. He was just working, 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 and really his life sucked. And then techniques to implement that and we also work on his skills. So after all, what happened that he understood that he has to empower his people and that if his people are empowered, they perform better. And so people were better performing, the relationship at work with, were better, and also his life went much better. And because he started to trust his people, he also had more free time for himself for the family, and especially he understood that the priority was to take time for himself, which was a struggle in the beginning. And he refused, you know, taking time for himself because, you know, there is the recession and there is pandemic and there is everything. So I'm not doing it. And I said, I'm forcing you to do that. And then, now, yes, I am forcing. I want to see from your cell phone that you are in a park. Okay. <laughs> and then now, and this is just one example, a very small example, but very powerful. And, you know, now he's, he's, sometimes he calls me, oh, you know what? I'm taking some time for myself. I'm taking a vacation. You know, now he's scheduling his vacation in advance, which may gives him the opportunity to detach from the day to day life and at business and in, at work uh, and at home. And see things way better because you are. If you are always, always, always into like in your office, you are in a box, and you don't see out of that box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, Angela, love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I'm obviously a fan of the film, and now I'm a fan of this lifestyle. Uh, I have to tell you, there are elements of Dolla Dolla that I have embraced, and there are elements that I still have some work to do. And uh, I really appreciate. Uh, you know, your insight and your valuable uh, discovery that this Dolce Vita is a, a practice that leadership should adopt so that the rest of the organizations, organization can also thrive. So I really, really appreciate your time here, uh, Angela. Uh, how can people reach you? Where can they find you? Uh, can you give some more insight on the, into that? Sure. They can reach me at my website, uh, Angela Santi, S A N T I dot I T, like Italy, Italia, or on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn and I like to connect. And uh, so I really encourage people to, to go and uh, discover me on LinkedIn. And also, if they go through my, into my website, they will find this quiz that I encourage them to take and discover 
how much Dolce Vita they are bringing into their life and what are, you know, the, what can a Dolce Vita do for them? Thank you, Angela. You know, guess what I'm going to be doing next is taking that quiz. So, Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks a lot, Angela. Again, let's all live a Dolce Vita life. And uh, I hope uh, the audience got something very valuable out of this. I certainly did. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure and honor to be your guest. And hi, bye, everybody. Ciao. Ciao. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.